Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, invites you to be the informed patient with the podcast that features experts from Central New York's only academic medical center. I'm your host, Amber Smith. The Last of Us was a TV series about life in a post-apocalyptic world during a rapidly spreading pandemic caused by a fungus. While the TV show was fictional, the threat fungi pose to humans is real and on the rise. Here to explain is Dr. Ramiro Gutierrez. He's an assistant professor of medicine and deputy chief of infectious disease at Upstate. Welcome to The Informed Patient, Dr. Gutierrez. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. The outbreak on The Last of Us was caused by cordyceps. Is that a real fungus? It is. It is. And I, I, I did not know much about that show before my kid asked me about it and asked me similar questions. Uh, but yeah, there is a, a real, based on a real fungus that affects insects, as I understand it. So it infects insects. What, what does this fungus do? So cordyceps, I think, has fascinated people because, you know, certainly of the show and, and nature documentaries, but it is a relatively quite specialized invasive fungus of really very simple organisms. So ants, insects, uh, perhaps spiders, and it's very specialized to infect that type of animal, which obviously is uh, quite a simple organism compared to people or mammals. Does it make the insects sick? Uh, it does. It does. Uh, and, and it has an interesting mode of spread in that these insects that become infected with this organism tend to behave uh, differently once they are infected and seem to move to high ground and then at that point become disabled and this fungus germinates. So it seems to use these, these organisms, these insects that they infect to spread. So it, it changes their behavior a little bit. So I think that's where the show and the science fiction show kind of took on that aspect that it fungus that makes the infected host behave in a, in a different way. But again, these are very simple insects and that have become infected and, and the behaviors that the fungus causes are quite simple as well. Well, on the TV show, this mutated form of cordyceps begins infecting humans. Is that something that could happen in real life? You know, I think in infectious disease, we've learned to uh, be humble about organisms and how they can mutate and change in, in some ways. Uh, but uh, uh, frankly, this is probably, in, as far as that show goes, in the game, that's where science fiction kind of comes in. The cordyceps fungi that you, you mentioned are very specialized to affect very simple organisms. Uh, and you don't see this type of behavior or manifestation in more complicated mammals and so on. So I think it's probably unlikely for humans to experience something like it's depicted on the show and probably not, these are not the fungi that keep me up at night and worry me as far as human infections, but it, it's an interesting idea and certainly fascinating from a science fiction perspective. Well, let's talk about how a fungus differs from a bacteria or a virus. Which of these organisms is the biggest threat to humans and why? Well, I think, I think they're all, they're all threats in, in different ways, but probably in, in most simple terms, viruses are the simplest of all these infectious organisms or infectious agents. Bacteria are a little bit more complex and fungi are probably even further more complex and more similar in some respect to, to humans and human cells. Uh, they vary. So they're all, they're all big problems in their own way. We saw COVID being a virus being quite a significant 
an impactful infection worldwide. And so cocaine bacteria and, and, and fungi just in, in different ways. Does one spread faster than another necessarily? It's variable. I think viruses are, are, are known for their ability to spread rapidly. Uh, whereas bacteria perhaps have a, depending on the organism, they can spread pretty rapidly as well. Fungi are, are present around us constantly. I think that's an important thing to remember. And, and many of these fungi that are important for human disease are fungi that we live with every day and are, we're exposed to almost daily. The humans who become infected with these that are more medically important can have some vulnerability. So that, that's kind of a key, a key aspect here for invasive fungal infections in humans is that we're actually pretty good at fending off these infections and, and invasive disease from a fungus, but most of the folks affected have some vulnerability, some immune defect, some medical intervention that's made them vulnerable and such that make them more likely to be infected. So it's a little bit different than some of these other infections. So how do fungi infect humans? Well, like I said, a lot of these, the ones that are medically important, and it's a short list of the most important medically invasive fungi, uh, like I said, in many instances are around us or live on us. Some of these are yeasts that are normal, um, form part of our normal microbiome that exists in us. But when individuals become vulnerable, that is they're, they're sick, they're in the hospital, they have devices perhaps to help them treat their condition. Maybe they're intubated in an ICU or they're having therapies like cancer therapy or bone marrow transplant, things to treat an underlying condition, uh, those things make them vulnerable to these fungal organisms to then get into places where they shouldn't be and cause infection, serious infection. Once somebody is infected with fungi, can they spread it to other humans? Some of these fungi live in the environment, so they are already present in, in soil and so on. Depending on the fungal infection, some are found in hospitals. And again, healthcare facilities where there are patients who are again, vulnerable both to these infections in those environments, there could be spread in the environment. So there are infection control and other methods that are used to prevent the organisms from spreading, but uh, they are often present in the environment. This is Upstate's The Informed Patient Podcast. I'm your host, Amber Smith. I'm talking with Dr. Ramiro Gutierrez. He's an assistant professor of medicine and deputy chief of infectious disease at Upstate. Why is the risk of fungal infections in general on the rise? There's a few factors. So vulnerable hosts or people or individuals who are vulnerable to these infections, uh, has, that population has grown. Uh, so certainly in a resource-rich setting, a place like the United States where if you are diagnosed with a serious illness like cancer or require a complicated surgery uh, that may require you to stay in the ICU for a prolonged period of time, those therapies are available. But those therapies also make you vulnerable to some of these fungal infections. So in, in a country like ours, I think it's an indication of the ability to treat folks with very serious illnesses and getting them through those periods of time where they are very weakened from an immune standpoint or a surgical standpoint. I think that's one factor. 
the preponderance of the ability that we have now to treat various bacterial infections and using a lot of antibiotic in very broad spectrum or antibiotics that can have activity against a lot of germs and organisms, bacteria, also results in, in fungal infections going up as well. So I think in our setting, those are some of the drivers in resource or setting places outside the United States where there is still problems with HIV infection, which also makes people immune compromised and, uh, perhaps even climate change effect uh, has been associated with different sets of invasive fungal infections as well. So I think it's multiple factors and here in our setting in the United States, probably one of the largest is probably that we provide very advanced medical care and are able to take care of people who have weakened immune systems that are very vulnerable to these infections. Does climate change impact fungal disease at all? There are ideas that it probably does for certain fungal diseases. So there are some fungal infections that are invasive, uh, which are driven by fungi that are in the environment, for instance, soil and, um, you know, the outdoors and maybe associated with, with certain situations where humidity and heat and rain pattern can change the relative abundance of the fungi in the environment. So that's one instance where there is some probable effect of climate change. You mentioned antibiotics. Are antibiotics used to treat fungal infections? Now, the, the word antibiotic in general refers to, to pharmaceuticals that affect bacteria. Uh, so antifungals is the general term we refer to for drugs and agents that are specific to fungi. They are quite different. Fungi are, like I said earlier, a little more similar to humans in terms of our cell machinery. Bacteria are quite different. So it is perhaps a little easier to make antibiotics against bacteria because they, they have a number of, if you will, targets in their cells that are different than ours. You know, an ideal antibiotic or antifungal or antimicrobial for both are drugs that would not affect the person and it would just target the infecting organism. So fungi being a little more similar to us, we have a few less targets to go after. So that is a, a challenge to develop new antifungals. But to answer your question, yes, antifungals and antibiotics generally refer to two very different types of drugs. The antifungals that exist, can they be used on more than one type? of fungus? Since the first antibiotics were developed, there's been quite a few antibiotics, many antibiotics generated over time. Antifungal, there's, there's a much shorter list of available drugs for a very long time. There were only three classes of antifungal. Uh, and for about 20 years, there were no new ones until fairly recently when an additional class came available. So they are specific to different fungal agents. Uh, but the list is, is frankly much shorter of different drugs that are available for fungal organisms as opposed to, to bacteria, which we've been dealing with for quite a long time. In healthy people, does the immune system effectively fight fungal infections? Is that part of how it's treated is just by letting the immune system do its job? Yeah, the immune system, the human immune system is really exquisitely 
good at dealing with fungal infections. It's a very important protection from these infections. And like I said earlier, I think one of the biggest changes that has led to uh, seeing more of these infections happens to be that there are just more and more patients that are vulnerable. So their immune systems are affected in some way, in part due to their illness or the illness we're trying to treat. So the immune system is very important. Normally it's quite good at uh, fending off these infections other than, you know, the common ones that, that people may experience like athlete's foot and some of these superficial skin fungal infections. So invasive fungal infections, like we're talking about here, uh, generally our immune system is very good at protecting us. And usually we have to be vulnerable in some way to fall subject to it. And indeed, although the antifungals are important and can be a critical piece of treating someone with these infections, remedying some of the immune defects or some of the other vulnerabilities and addressing those becomes an important part of the treatment as well. In the vulnerable population or someone with a compromised immune system, what are some of the most common fungal infections that you see that you treat in the hospital regularly? Probably one of the most common is our infections caused by candida, which is within fungal infections. It's a yeast, call it a yeast. Candida are yeast that live on a, and in a, they are normal part of our microbiome. Most of us have some candida in it. However, if you're quite ill, maybe you've received a lot of antibiotics, you've been in the intensive care unit dealing with, with an illness or trauma, and perhaps you're getting antibiotics to treat a pneumonia or something like that, then that candida that's within us can then become invasive and get into somewhere shouldn't get into the blood or somewhere else and cause a very, very serious infection. Those type of situations are probably the most common we see in the hospital. And then there's a few others, diseases caused by another fungus called Aspergillus. That one is an environmental fungus that is, again, present in many environments. We're exposed to it probably daily. But again, there are very vulnerable populations can become infected with it as well. So those are probably among the most common. So if someone is treated successfully for a fungal infection, does that protect them from future fungal infections from the same fungi? Uh, these are more complex organisms and the immune response to them is probably just as complex. Um, it, probably the answer is generally no. If you have been treated for one of these infections, uh, you could be at risk for another one, uh, but probably only if you become vulnerable again or that vulnerable state Again, these are organisms that we come in contact with pretty frequently, if not every day. Well, Dr. Gutierrez, I appreciate you making time for this interview. Oh, absolutely. It was a pleasure talking to you. My guest has been Dr. Ramiro Gutierrez. He's an assistant professor of medicine and deputy chief of infectious disease at Upstate. The Informed Patient is a podcast covering health, science, and medicine brought to you by Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, and produced by Jim Howe. Find our archive of previous episodes at upstate.edu informed. This is your host, Amber Smith, thanking you for listening.